Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside John. Hello. Just the two of us tonight, bud. It is. Everyone else is far too busy for us. Clearly. Um, apologies to anybody who um, was anticipate, uh, was waiting on us and anticipating our start time tonight. Um, it was my fault. Hands up. Um, I got a bit delayed. So we're about, what, about five minutes, maybe six minutes delayed from start. But anyway, if you're listening to this in the podcast, it doesn't really matter because you're listening to this whenever you want to. Um, as usual, this is Door 14 Hockey Podcast, a podcast uh, pretty much about the world of hockey that uh, looks at everything from right across the world from here in the UK and right across the globe um stories that we think are relevant and stories that we just kind of have hit the headlines that we want to talk about um john how are you doing better now bit of a rough week last week uh got back from the trip to guildford with dave uh, which was great um once again cannot give enough thanks to the guildford flames organization for the access um and to ben o'connor for his time uh, when we're there we i haven't had a chance to stitch together the few bits and pieces of footage that uh, i took while we were down sort of on the travel to guildford and everything because last week i was sick as a dog uh off work whole family was off um we were in the plague house so don't think it was something i picked up in guildford i think it's something that my lovely petri dish of a daughter has brought back from uh, nursery which she's still recovering from having had to oh, come dear. home early again today from nursery but we're on the mend everything's getting better and just glad to have a a nice quiet hour and a half or so with you talking hockey grand and i i believe um she's definitely on the mend because when i messaged you earlier on to see if she was okay you were like up oh, she's fine she's sitting in the corner here eating a, a, a digestive biscuit so clearly that's a a win shall we say it is um, always a win there is one of our uh, usual um, co-hosts, Aaron, uh, is currently in Boston, listening in live from Boston. Hello, Aaron. Uh, Aaron was uh, making us very jealous this week. I think it was uh, Tuesday night, maybe, or it was I'm kind of confused with my days this week. I think it was Tuesday night. Um, he was at the Boston-Calgary game, um, in which Boston lost. But hey, he was at TD Gardens, uh, and he's in Boston. You know, he's in Boston, so why not? So, And he was obviously Fucking representing hard. the Belfast. He's obviously representing the Belfast Giants as well at the same time. So working hard, as you say. Um, and Dave is actually, Dave's in Scotland right now. He's over your side of the water. Um, he is. He's got family commitments tonight, but I think he's going to try and, I think you maybe you're joining him this weekend in, I want to say Glasgow for the Glasgow game. No, I'm going to burst his bubble no. right here. I haven't, been, I haven't had a chance to say to Dave uh, in person yet, I will not be catching up with him uh, this weekend. Uh, I won't be attending either game this weekend. Uh, I had thought about going to Glasgow on Saturday. However, an opportunity has popped up for me to go instead to Murrayfield to watch Scotland play France in the Six Nations. Uh, so I will be taking that up that offer instead, unfortunately. Uh, it's priorities, John. Priorities. You should be getting them right. Um, 
As usual, um, we start off our podcast as we do every week um, and we look at the standings right across the Elite Ice Hockey League here in the UK. Um, so let's get started. Um, sitting on top of the league in first place, we have the Sheffield Steelers still sitting top, still holding that position with 33 games paid, 59 points. The Cardiff Devils have moved into second since our last podcast uh, with 32 games paid, 45 points. The Guildford Flames are now in third with 33 games played at 41 points and the Belfast Giants are in fourth with 34 games played at 40 points the Coventry Blaze sit in fifth with 33 games played at 38 points the Dundee Stars are in sixth with 34 games played at 36 points Manchester sit seventh with 34 games played at 34 points and Glasgow sit in eighth with 35, 34 games played at 32 points the Five Flyers in ninth with 36-29 and the Nottingham Panthers still unfortunately sitting on bottom with 31 games played at 25 points um john let's switch back and look at the top of the league let's go back to there um obviously two weeks ago we were looking at a, a very different standings if you will obviously sheffield were still sitting top but the belfast giants were there in second and cardiff were sitting in third um after this past weekend of play where the cardiff devils took on the belfast giants uh, in the ssa arena belfast giants losing both games cardiff devils pushed themselves up into second place um just behind sheffield steelers and guildford have also moved into that third place um obviously after the chance two defeats this past weekend I suppose the first question, um, we kind of asked this question last the last podcast, but I, again, I'm going to ask it because we're now two weeks on since our last podcast and the Sheffield Steelers still look dominant, um, still there. What's that, 14 points clear at the top? Um, what's what's going to move them? Is there anything that's going to move them? Is it a is it a kind of a, a moment now where we're sitting right at the start of February, the first weekend of games? In, no, second weekend of games in February? Yeah, second weekend of games in February. Yep. Are we are we kind of saying Sheffield are walking away with this league this year? Is there anything that Cardiff could do to kind of? I'm going to guess statistically, a lot of the other teams maybe are kind of out. Um, but is there anything you could see that Sheffield would hamper Sheffield's uh, win? I guess the league this year so far. Effectively, we, I think I said it two weeks ago as well. I think Sheffield are champions elect. Um, there's, I don't realistically think that there's any way of looking at it mathematically. I think uh, possibly every team as low as fifth, maybe still has a shout at it. Um, the reality is very, very different. The the Steelers have not had a period of intense injury problems. They haven't had guys that have been sitting out for weeks and weeks the same way that it seems nine other teams have. Mm. Um, it, it will take a Sheffield implosion. It will take something serious to go wrong uh, in Sheffield for the Steelers not to walk away with the league title at this point. Um, I I very much expect by early March that they will be crowned. Um, I think they'll have a couple of weeks of being able to, to ride the championship and get ready for postseason uh, as short as it is, as it is sorry, in, uh, in the UK. But I, 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 that's my honest opinion. I'm a Giants fan first and foremost. I, I just don't see it. Uh, and other teams are now starting to change their tune about what um, what success looks like for the rest of the season. Uh, and that is now starting to bleed into some of the conversations for the likes of... Guildford, well, Guildford obviously have another hand in another trophy, uh, which we're going to uh, come on and talk about. 
but the Giants in particular, uh, the Blaze, uh, I've definitely heard it from them as well. Cardiff ha maybe haven't heard it. They might still have an outside uh, opportunity with the league, uh, but conversations are starting to move towards playoffs, um, and yeah. I think that's sensible now. Yeah, the Giants really haven't had a clear run at things without injury, and yeah. now I think postseason and that that short form. Uh, playoff series is what they're starting to look at now and um, I think if you're anywhere south of third that's what you're looking at now um, you can't yeah. have a weekend like the one that Belfast had against Cardiff and still think you're in a shout with the league no and I, I, I guess to echo what you were just saying there in relation to what kind of what teams are saying and kind of what kind of is starting to come across in terms of like what they're preparing for and what the season's going to look what a successful season looks like I did see a thing coming out um, I think it was potentially after I know Jacob Friend, I think, got injured this past weekend in the SSC Arena, um, went down. It was quite a, a breathtaking moment again in the arena where a player went down. Well, we say that, but um, it was quite loud as well in some ways. But a player went down, and then again, they brought out the, the, um, the dividers, the, the, the screens, the screen off things. Um, but there was a conversation then, I think, the next day. I don't know if it was Jacob Friend or if it was someone the next day, but there was a conversation being had about the Giants' season so far. And there was, con there was a comment made by someone in the media. I don't know if it was then reported by the Belfast Telegraph or something, but that um, the now the look forward is to the, the, you know, the off the the end of season playoff run um, and that was very much talked about um, in the media this past week as well so clearly there is a, a look ahead of like what we need to focus on now and where our attentions to, our attentions um, switch to um, looking down as you were saying you know, yep I've got your favourite feature oh no so I mentioned this you've obviously been busy this evening but I've got your favourite feature and I just want to bring it up right now GB we're going to talk about it in a second, are taking part in the Olympic qualifiers. And it is the end of the first period against China. Would you like to know the current score at the end of 20 minutes of action? Tell me the current score, John, after 20 minutes of action. The current score between Great Britain and China is 2-0 to Great Britain. The first goal coming from number 14, Liam Kirk. And the second goal coming from Mark Richardson, number 17. Nice. Um, we will be talking about obviously Team GB um, and the Olympic qualifiers um, um, in in in, a few, um, in the first period, I believe. I think we've got it in there, um, and because we will, it will bring up a quite an interesting topic for this coming weekend in the Elite League. Um, so we will talk about it. We are going to come back to it. So um, a nice segue into that topic later on. Um, just Morning, the puck is down for period two. Okay, thank you. Uh, continuing on with uh, the league standings, John, we were talking obviously about that top part. Obviously, the bottom end, we're looking towards uh, Dundee, Manchester, Glasgow, Flyers and Nottingham Panthers. Obviously, um, at the moment, Glasgow um, sitting in that eighth position, Fife down in that ninth position. Still, obviously, we, we talk about still games to go within the season. You know, we've still got another pretty much two full months of hockey to play. Um, so things could, you know, change significantly there at the bottom. I mean, Going with your gut at this time and, and kind of where the current form is sitting, what's your true thoughts around who's going to clench those last couple of places, um, i.e. who do you feel is going to be the final two bottom teams that are going to be knocked out of the playoff run? Uh, my gut tells me, unfortunately, that Tom Coolen is not going to get a shot at uh, postseason in the Elite League, um, at least in his first season. I sincerely hope he gets another shot. Um, they're just not putting it together uh, at this point um, the other team that I don't think is going to make it Glasgow uh, they are imploding and 
I understand at the minute that Nottingham are sitting adrift by a fair number of points. And again, they are they have been up until this last weekend struggling to find form, struggling to find wins. Uh we all know what happened at the start of the season uh, for Nottingham and we all understand why potentially that the guys on that team are struggling. Um, but they got a, a home win, uh, or sorry, an away win uh, this past weekend. With their games in hand, they have the opportunity to potentially leapfrog into 7th or 8th. I think we'll see them take that spot in 8th. Uh, if I'm being totally honest, I, I don't think we see them miss out at least through the first round. Uh, but if Glasgow and Fife continue to play the way that they are, I think, unfortunately, it's two Scottish teams who are missing out again. Yeah, yeah, I would kind of agree with you. I think that's where my thought process was kind of going in that same direction as you were. Um, I kind of, uh, yeah, exactly the same. Um, any other? throw this up. We've got another, we've got another score update. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of this one, so Anthony, thanks for this one. So live score updates. Uh, this is the NHL National Cup semi-final second leg. MK against Swindon and we're now all square 3-2 on the night to MK but 5-5 on aggregate Marty this is incredible stuff this is not going to get tiring before the end of the podcast I swear um, okay um, any other comments on the league standings there John before we switch our attention across the water nah Nah, okay. Let's switch our attention then um, across the water and head towards the NHL um, and we'll get the wild card spots as we currently sit here at the start of February. So we have about two, as I say, about two, three months fully there um, before the end of the season. Oh my God, I got distracted by Dave's comment there. Um, just I'm going to throw it up, Dave uh, Eaton, uh, other, our, our other uh, co-host who is absent tonight, just saying it's like he's really there. Um, thanks, Dave. Yep. Don't encourage him. Thank you. Um, look just call me the- Podcast Cammy. Eastern Conference and Atlantic Division, Boston Bruins, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, had a loss this week, but it doesn't matter because they still sit in top and they're holding the top spot. Uh, sitting in first place with 50 games played, 71 points, with a nice dominant lead there at the top. The Florida Panthers sit second with 50 games played, 66 points, and the Toronto Maple Leafs sit in third with 49 games played, 60 points. Metropolitan Division then, New York sit on top with 51 games played, 67 points. Carolina Hurricanes are in second with 49 games played, 61 points. And the, uh, the Philadelphia, I was about to say Fife again. Philadelphia Flyers are in third with 51 games played, 58 points. And the two wild card spots are currently held by Tampa and Detroit. Uh, Western side of things in Central Division, Colorado, the Colorado Avalanche are sitting top with 51 games played, six, uh, 68 points. Dallas Stars are in second with 51 games played, 68 points. And the Winnipeg Jets are in third with 48 games played, 65 points. Pacific Division and the last division is Vancouver Canucks sitting top, 50 games played, 73 points. Vegas Golden Knights are in second with 51 games played, 66 points. And the Oilers are in third, 46 games played, 59 points. And the wildcard spots are currently held by LA Kings and St. Louis Blue. Um, John, um, not really too much change since our podcast two weeks ago. Um, maybe just those wildcard spots have slightly kind of shifted a bit Um but uh, nothing really, anything there that's completely jumped out at you? Anything you feel has changed significantly or any comments there? Uh, not massively. I'm trying my best to remember. Are, are the Oilers still on? No, they lost the streak, didn't they, last night? Yeah. So the, the streak, they were on for tying the Kings last night. I think they got to 16 and they were hitting... They would have hit 17 with a win last night, but took the L. So, unfortunately, it snaps the 
the streak and out goes the chance to tie or even beat sorry, the NHL win streak uh, by potentially hitting 18. So sad to see, but they're still an absolute wagon. Um, yeah. As opposed to the Preds, who are so up and down, I'm getting seasick watching them. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this in the last podcast, and I, I still stand by it. I mean, the, the Edmonton Oilers, just the comeback they've had, and that bounce back is just second to none. I mean, they, I mean, we, you know, we, we talked about this um, previously about how you know the fact that the Edmonton Oilers did start off in a rock, uh, very rocky at the start of the season, but to come be sitting at the moment in the third place, um, you know, and a good third place too in terms of points. Um, difference between you know the next ones and again it is that winning streak that obviously has helped kind of uh push them further along um so i'm sure Connor mcdavid is is pretty happy there um in edmonton right now and i'm, I'm glad that he's stuck with his choices and didn't make a dirty jump as everyone was talking about um yeah that's really and we'll, we'll talk about the nhl a little bit as well in period two um correct with obviously what uh what transpired this last weekend Correct. We will indeed. So we will come back to the NHL in our second period of hockey. Um, but in the meantime, we have nothing else um, for our, our, well, our, our, so we say our intro part of our, our podcast. So what we'll do is we'll get stuck into our podcast and we'll get stuck into our period one of hockey. Period one is a roundup of news stories uh, that are happening close to home here in the UK. Um, let's off. You already alluded to this, and we talked about this slightly earlier. There, and um, we talked about the um, obviously the league standings is one area where the Sheffield Steelers have a potential to win um, one trophy, but they are now in contention for a second trophy this season also. And this trophy will come. Decision for this trophy. Oh, we have a goal! We have a goal! Great Britain have scored again in the sixth minute of the second period. Marty, I will bring you the goal scorer as soon as I know who it is. Do you know what we're going to have complaints about in this podcast, John? Um, you know Not the fact me. That, no, do you know the fact that we're listening on, on headphones um, and, and people tend to like a lot listen to our podcast, maybe when they're out and about and they're on their headphones, yet the spike at some point whenever you jump and get excited about something and then there's going to be like just deafened by the headphone if they're had it up already loud. So, do you know yeah. what though? Do you know what, though? It's going to be the only part of the podcast that Campbell can hear in his car, so it'll be fine. Um, as I was saying before you really interrupted, uh, the Challenge Cup will probably be decided before the League Cup, uh, the League standing, the league is decided. Uh, and the Challenge Cup this year will be, um, we'll see the, the Sheffield Steelers face off against the Guildford Flames. Uh, that uh, Challenge Cup final will take place on the 13th of March in the Sheffield, uh, in Sheffield, in the... Um, what do they call it? Is it Motorport? No. Utilitya. Um, Utilitya uh, Arena on the 13th of March. Um, Steelers have begun selling tickets um, and the uh, prices are £15 for adults, £10 concession. Um, and a select number of seats will be out for the Guildford Flames, obviously, to purchase. Um, they got released quite int- today. Today, correct. Um, it was interesting, though, that this was all put out quite early, obviously. Oh, we have a goal! <laughs> We have a goal, Swindon. Uh, unfortunately, going down by one. Milton Keynes, 4-2 on the night, 6-5 on aggregate. You done? We have another goal! <laughs> I'm not even joking. So, Liam Kirk scored this, the third goal for GB in the second period. 
but we have a fourth for GB in the eighth minute. I will bring you the goal scorer as soon as I have it. Okay, are you done anyway, now? Okay, great. Yeah. Anyway, Charles Cup. <laughs> Charles Cup, yeah. Uh, Sheffield Steelers take on the Guildford Flames. Um, John, I mean, in terms of, you know, we talked about the Guildford Flames this season, you know, coming off last season, um, you know, had, you know, had such a good run last season, you know, were just in reach of, um, you know, winning the league. Obviously, it didn't quite pan out for them because the Belfast Giants obviously took that last year. Um, but, you know, I think there was a lot of conversations had about, you know, how Guildford were under a lot of pressure this year, given the fact that, you know, they maybe couldn't replicate what they did last year. Um, do you think for fans and do you think uh, the fact that they've got this fight, the, the Challenge Cup final is in some ways a bit of a, at least a bit of an icing on a cake in terms of, a, you know, I suppose, well, not icing on the cake, I suppose that's the wrong phrasing. Um, I suppose, a, what am I, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Kind of fill me in there. I can't even think what kind of phrase I'm looking for. Um, do you think it's a, a, it's a like a, a good, like, I suppose, prize if you will um to have got to the semi they got to the finals of the of the challenge cup is it something that's gonna be enough i'm trying to say um honestly no uh unless they walk away with the trophy and that's a huge ask against uh an ascendant sheffield team um however i do feel that these short form um tournaments suit the smaller teams um, so <coughs> yeah uh, it, it's not a success until it's a proper success until it is a, a trophied success and uh, just to bring the news uh, I did know this but Anthony's uh, thrown it in there as well the fourth goal for GB came from Cam Crutchlow with uh, the apples from Sean Norris in his uh, GB senior debut as well uh, getting a, a point getting himself on the board as well and from Robert Lakovitz as well Great job. Thank you for that update. Um, sticking but essentially, no, it's, it's it's not a success unless Guildford actually finish the job this time. Um, if they don't finish the job, it's another failure. Um, and especially given all the opportunities that have come Guildford's way since they joined the Elite League, this is their second final uh, that they'll have reached, the second Challenge Cup final. Uh, they had the run for the league last year. They haven't converted any of this almost success yet they mm. need to convert something um, although I did notice as well an interesting stat from the Elite League this is the first all England uh, Challenge Cup final since 2012 mm. something like that so it's the first time that it's been two English teams uh, going for it so obviously uh, we've had Belfast who've made it to quite a few finals uh, Cardiff have obviously been there thereabouts as well and we saw Fife last year making it through to the final uh, as well so interesting that, uh, if nothing else that we have essentially a, a local derby for the final yep indeed um, sticking with the Sheffield Steelers and moving away from the Challenge Cup um, obviously this past weekend was this past week no that weekend before I think it was um, since our last podcast anyway the Sheffield Steelers um, own um, Dowdy um, Robert Dowd um, achieved his 800th Elite League game Um against I think it was the game against Nottingham Panthers um I know um the Steelers captain is like that's a massive milestone that he's reached I know I think a week before I think was um 
was there a hit 900 game player as well from this? Yeah, it was Lakovic. Potentially, Lakovic. Lakovic. Was yeah, 900 games um, for that. So, I mean, fair play. Um, obviously, the former Steelers captain, Jonathan Phillips, was the first player um, to play in a 1,000 Elite League games uh, and holds the record currently at 1,175. If it does, if it tells you anything, it just tells you that, um, yeah, there's longevity in, in players to play for Sheffield. Um, whether or not that was with Sheffield the whole time or not, but uh, I know we know it wasn't. But, um, yeah, I mean... That's fairly good going, and it's another um, one of those players who's hit another massive benchmark. Um, but fair play. Um, yeah, fair and play. Uh, Eight hundred games is nothing to sniff at. And I guess sticking with Dowdy um, and also Team GB, um, this is your part, your story. Yeah. So currently playing. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the the score is still four uh, nil GB China, but. Uh, Team GB earlier this week uh, announced their leadership group for the Olympic qualifiers in Cardiff. Um, Dowdy was named as captain alongside Liam Kirk and Mark Richardson, who've been named as alternate captains. Um, so this is Dowd's first, uh, I think, run at being captain. He takes over from the aforementioned Jonathan Phillips, who retired from uh was supposed to retire from competitive hockey, but I think is still potentially playing games for the Steel Dogs. Um, but obviously retired from international duties, so uh, was not available for this weekend. Uh, the the A's then. I'll ask this as a question, Marty. Liam Kirk, young guy, a uh, couple of couple of years now, three four years in the senior setup, getting the A uh, over the likes of. People like uh, Dave, no, I want to say Davy Phillips has been selected. I'm pretty sure he was selected, wasn't he? You're a good question. Your 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 guess is as good as mine. I actually genuinely can't remember. Um, I, I, I guess just in in general of that question, I think for me it did come as a massive surprise. It did come as a surprise when I when I read this story um, earlier in the week when I seen the the announcement of um, the captains and assistant captains. I think when I seen his name pop up as an assistant, I did think exactly he was like, oh that that's a bit of a that's a bit of a surprise. Um yeah I think Well I mean was... just to to mention a few of the the other let's say big names uh that you've got across that team. Uh they're I was 100% right, the fact that Davey is there. Uh, you've got Evan Mosey, uh, who's representing there, Brett Perlini. Ben Lake uh, is on the team uh, as well. Ben O'Connor, a uh, friend of the show, Ben O'Connor, uh, is also there. Um, absolutely not having a, a, a go here uh, at Kirky getting the, uh, the A. I think he's deserving of it just for his experience with the going through the draft process, being selected by the Yotes, uh, playing across in North America for one, two seasons, and then coming across to Europe. And he seems to be tearing it up in Europe as well. Um, however, is it... If you're in the room, is, is Liam Kirk one of the leadership group that you want to see leading the way? Or is this part of GB Maybe, setting the groundwork I mean, for the future? Possibly that, but also possibly if we think about the mix of players that we have, maybe on that Team GB squad, the mix of old and older and younger players, is there an idea that you have a younger assistant? Two seconds before Marty, we have a it. goal! We have a goal! Cam Crutchlow, with his second, makes it 5-0 to GB against China. 
Are you done? Are you done? I'm do- done for now. Yeah. Okay. Um, as I was trying to say, um, is it a case of, you know, you've got such a wide range of players, um, both, you know, um, veteran players here on the team, but it's also like new young blood on the team who are only kind of starting and cutting their teeth for Team GB. Is it a case of maybe bringing in a, a younger player to kind of almost kind of like give a bit of leadership for the other younger players and kind of lead the way in terms of, you know, um, being a kind of a role model type idea? I don't know. Um, but obviously they decided um, among themselves that they um, that, that, that that was the best fit. And, you know, fair enough. Uh, it did come as a surprise, but obviously um, they've made a decision for whatever reason um, and we'll never know really why. Um, well, Anthony makes uh, Anthony. I'm uh, just going to before we move on. Anthony makes a, a good point about Kurt getting the A. And let's say I, I wasn't having a dig at all, but he says it's not a surprise given the letter to the best player in an area he argue, arguably could do with developing, and he'll be around the team for a while. Hundred percent right. Uh, he he is going to become a stalwart of the the GB setup, uh, and that this is the warm up for when the C moves to him. Yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. I think yeah. we've talked before about how old. The, or how maybe not how old but how veteran the GB setup is becoming mm. um, yep. and yeah absolutely moving uh, the likes of Kirky up into the leadership group is going to make a big difference and we're now starting to see guys like Sean Norris stepping up uh, into the setup and fingers crossed we, we see them progress through the, the same way but yeah you're 100% right uh, Anthony I think in the future we probably do see Kirky with the Z yeah um and just sticking with team G, uh, team gb and this is a, something we, i was kind of just trying to chat about just there i was kind of alluding to it whenever we were talking before we went into this period um obviously team gb playing in the tournament this week we have we have to obviously talk about the fact that um it leaves a number of the elite league teams who, which are still playing this weekend we should highlight the fact that the elite league is still going ahead still playing this weekend which baffles my brain i think there should have been a bit of a, an international gap an international break that they did last season um to allow for team gb and allow players to kind of go off and do their own thing for their international teams. Um, it just means that quite a few of the teams this coming weekend, although they'll still be playing, like for example, the Belfast Giants will be playing in Scotland, double headers in Scotland. Um, but they are without, I think, six players, if I remember correctly, this weekend, who are all on international duty for different yep. various teams. I mean, they're not the only team. I mean, we've also got, obviously, um, the uh, Guildford Flames were playing last night without Ben O'Connor um, on their team. Obviously, it didn't, I suppose I'm not saying it didn't matter, but like you know, at least they still they still won, so obviously it didn't have a massive detriment to them. But you know, if you can if you can imagine teams like Sheffield, Belfast, you know, those teams who have numbers of international players playing for them, um, there are they going to be? Is there going to be a a massive impact this coming weekend? Do we see things going the way against those those teams who are maybe slightly depleted this coming weekend? Well, where you've got teams who are missing as many as Belfast, then potentially. But is the saving grace the fact that Belfast now are in a very, very different position where it comes to the games this weekend? Um, No disrespect to them. We're playing two Scottish teams who are fighting for their lives to stay in contention for playoffs. Are the Giants really in a serious frame of mind to be pushing for... um, league points does it really matter at this point or is the focus about getting players healthy for a playoff push i think in reality they're never going to say it out loud but i think that's what the reality is um is it an advantage to the teams who don't have anyone who's selected for the gb setup of course it is um the other thing i'm 
I'm not 100%, but is Kiefer away with GB or is it just Pete who is coaching GB this weekend along with, um, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, oh, what do you call him, former Panthers coach, Nielsen, Corey Nielsen. Nielsen. Um, I haven't heard anything about Kiefer being away from Belfast this weekend uh, or no. about Rob Stewart running the bench uh, nope. for the games in Scotland. So I'm, I'm assuming he's still with the Giants. Yeah, um, but the, the big talking point that's come from all of this and it's one that Anthony makes is this it is the IHF international break week because Olympic qualifiers are happening I think there's other tournament other international uh, tournaments are also happening um, we should be on a break if the if the yeah, elite league no, no, I agree. And, yep. look the elite league are not the only ones either the the other leagues are playing uh, as well the NIHL is playing across the board if we want to take the GB setup seriously then we 100% need to give them the space to do what they have to do and on that Marty we have a sixth goal in the GB game against China with Johnny Curran uh, formerly of the Belfast Giants Parish, uh, now Coventry Blaze. Uh, however, being set up for the goal by two current Belfast Giants in Ben Lake and Davy Phillips for GB's sixth goal against China. Good job. Um, that, um, that That's perfect timing because that pretty much takes us to the end, I think, of our period one Um um, which means we'll be going stuck, getting stuck into period two. Uh, John, before we do so, is there anything I have missed? Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we move on to period two? No, I'll just pop this up. Uh, Anthony's just uh, letting us know that there's not been any additional goals, but it is the end of the second, and MK still uh, with the one goal advantage over the Swindon Wildcats. Great. With that, we will switch over and go to period two of hockey. We didn't discuss who was intro in period two, so... Um, do, do you oh, here we go. Period two is international <laughs> hockey. Uh, you may, can tell that I am not Dave, because Dave's not here, man. Um, international hockey, anything across the pond, uh, in either direction, that's just not uh, specifically GB-focused. Uh, however, I'm pretty sure we do have a GB story in here as well. Um Marty, probably one of the biggest pieces of international news uh, that came out, uh, we'll talk about it in a, a second, it was obviously the NHL All-Star Weekend, but a, a major piece of news broke from the NHL and the NHL Players Association, and this was the news that uh, the NHL has made an agreement with the International Olympic Commission, and NHL players will take part in the Olympics. That is right. Yeah, this past um, this past weekend or the weekend previously, um, the it was the All Star Weekend. Um, as part of the All Star Weekend, there was a number of different things came out of the All Star Weekend. Obviously, the usual All Star Game, the All Star um, Skills Competition, all that stuff was included. But also coming out, it was two announcements that were made. Um, one being this, which was the um, agreement being made that they will be, the NHL will return 
players will return to the Olympic sports, the Olympic Games um, in 2026 and 2030, marking it, be, marking, it being, marking it to be the first time since 2014 when the NHL had made a decision for prior to the, I think it was the 2018 uh, Winter Olympics, uh, that the players wouldn't be happening, they wouldn't be taking a break and the four players wouldn't be released. Um, the 2022 one didn't happen, obviously, um, obviously there's COVID concerns and there was concerns around whether or not players would be allowed to go to go to um, Beijing and would it have a risk then on the rest of the NHL when they come back from that international duty um, and they have agreed through this past week Gary Pittman made a statement to say that the NHL players will be representing their countries they are pleased that after intense collaborative efforts with the NHL Players Association and the International Ice Hockey Federation uh, formally announced that the NHL players will be allowed to participate in both 2026 2023 or 2023 no 2030 olympic hockey tournaments uh 2026 games will be held in italy um and the host of the 2030 olympic games is expected to be announced later this year um yeah i mean john you know we talked about this you know in the previous winter olympics you know we when we at the last two winter olympics we've been a podcast for the last two winter olympics um and we talked about this at the very that in that 2018 Winter Olympics, I remember us talking about this very topic, and about the fact that how there was a disappointment even from us as hockey is just general hockey fans in that up until prior to that time we enjoyed and it's not to say that I didn't enjoy seeing ice hockey at the Winter Olympics this past the last two Winter Olympics, but there's just something it's different whenever you have the massive caliber of NHL players like Sidney Crosby's and you're, well, um, this will be the first time the likes of like uh, Conor McDavid will be able to represent the team. And we'll also have, um, you know, um, Austin Matthews representing, you know, having all these big names who have never had that opportunity to play at an Olympics, Olympic level for their, for their home nations. I mean, this must be a massive coup for them. They must be, they must be overjoyed by this decision. Well, that, I think that was a big part of the um, the buzz around the stories because it was All-Star Weekend. A lot of these superstars, if you like, were all in one place. So a lot of your Team Canada, Team USA, National Pool were were all in... Was it uh, was it Vegas for the All-Star Weekend? Mm, yeah, I think it was, not it? No, I think no it, was it was Toronto. Vegas. It was Toronto. It was Toronto. Tor- Toronto, that's right. Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, it was um, Toronto. The, the Vegas of Canada. Um, <laughs> the, so a lot of buzz was about Sid uh, because, let's face it, what does he have? One, maybe two Olympics uh, cycles left in him uh, before he decides to hang them up. But then you also look at the potential for um, the likes of Ovechkin because I think it's highly anticipated. If it's not already been announced, I think it's highly anticipated that Russian athletes and Belarusian athletes will be, again, in the position that they can represent their country, but under the uh, Olympic athletes from flag rather than the, the national flag. So rather than being completely excluded as they were at the last Winter Olympic cycle, they'll be able to go and represent again, or at least play. So... The opportunity is there. The selling point for the Olympics is massive because hockey is the biggest draw for the Winter Olympics by far. As far as events are concerned, it is the big um, the big thing. Uh, it doesn't matter what part of the world they, they host the games in. The ice hockey is what the biggest crowds turn out for. Um, it's the gold medal that every country wants. So... I'm massively looking forward to the product that's going to be put out there 
this Olympic cycle and the next Olympic cycle, as long as nothing changes, and Bettman and the NHL and the Players Association and the IOC, as long as they they don't decide to fall out, as they often do, the next two Olympics are looking really, really interesting. Yeah, they are. And it is definitely a massive, massive... Um, change from what we've been seeing and it's great it is great to see and as you say like just there's just something it does hit different whenever you've got those big star players you know going out and and playing as you say and and as you say like the fact that you have these big names these big nhl trying to get you know like get eyes on them as much as possible across the whole world this is the way to do it you know you've got big names the player, the players who are playing for the nhl those nhl teams will get constantly name dropped throughout the olympic you know olympic games you know they'll say whatever it is who plays for home team philadelphia flyer philadelphia flyers or pittsburgh penguins whatever it might be it brings people get, to get used to those names and maybe follow up a bit more because you have people who watch the olympics and are maybe completely new to something like who knew i'd be interested in luge you know what i mean i watch that when it comes to the winter olympics i don't watch it any other time of year um but like you know there's people who will turn their attention to and they went to olympics and turn their attention to ice hockey for the first time maybe and they'll be watching these games and then they'll be like right i like it where do i see more of this and then you'll hear those different teams being mentioned and stuff so i think it's a great anthony great, great movement. anthony makes a great point uh we we've got nhlers uh taking part in uh the 26 games, and absolutely, the, the way that things are going, and I'm going to caveat this in a second, um, you can have Conor McDavid down the wing, dispossessed there by David Clements, um, and look, we're in pole position right now, because there has been another goal, Marty, there has been another goal, at the 19 minute mark, in the second period, Cade Nielsen, has made it 7-0, to Great Britain, against China. Whoop, whoop. Um, there you go, that's me being... And and Mark Mark makes this the same point that you do that the eyes are on the sport, um, yeah. uh, it's it's absolutely something that we need in the British game. Uh, yeah. We need more screen time. We need more broadcast time. We need the we need the guys in the setup to be given the credit for getting the team to where they are. The coaches, the players, the sponsors. Everyone who's put the time in over the last few years to make that team as successful as it is right now, they all need that time and that kudos to pay off. Right? Because without it, what we end up with is a flash-in-the-pan moment of GB doing as well as they're doing right now, potentially, it's still a potentially right now, but potentially making it through to the Olympics, but not being not being shouted about. Look at the number of people involved in hockey in the country who shouted a couple of years ago about Team GB not even getting a mention for Team of the Year at Sports Personality of the Year. Yep. And it's 100% right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Out of all the teams that get represented at that competition, Team GB have done a hell of a lot more and come a hell of a lot longer way as far as progression is concerned to get double golds, to get double promotion over two years that team should have been recognised for that and if it takes us to go all the way through to the Olympics to get that then that's exactly what they need to do while we're talking about you know obviously getting eyes on Team GB um, and trying to you know promote that as a thing and trying to kind of get as much eyes on it as possible isn't it worth having a conversation or get your thoughts on the other conversation that's been going on on X this past week in relation to the decision by uh, the powers that be to 
put the games this this these games over this weekend behind a paywall so yeah. paying for the games to watch the games in cardiff um having the fact that the cardiff rink hasn't anywhere near sold out um i mean people seem to be a lot of people seem to think that it was the wrong move that they think that um while the price might be good for like a, se- a several games price wise we're like oh yeah it's fine but should it have been priced and should it have actually been in charge where you have to pay to watch that what's your thoughts uh no i think it's a, a massive misstep uh we we want the success of this team to be shown can you imagine how many people right now would be tuning in if this was a free stream mm. on youtube to watch gb be utterly dominant over china in olympic qualifying hockey like it is seven six seven nil sorry it is seven nil in the second period the second period is just about over that should be free to watch and i, yeah. I get that maybe they've looked at ticket sales do you know what if cardiff had been able to sell out their building for the weekend maybe that's a different position is it 40 quid worth absolutely not for a, a tournament stream pass it, it's not 40 quid uh, i'm sorry i think is the the tournament in person is about 60 quid is that right for all the games mm-hmm. uh that's all the gb games and all the other international games it's it's nowhere near value to charge two-thirds of that in-person rate to watch these games on stream, especially given, and I know we've had jibes before about midweek games and logistically impossible, but to be totally honest, for the vast majority of people to go to Cardiff um, for four days of games is logistically impossible. It, it just can't be done. It's the start of February. People are just recovering from Christmas they're, they've just been paid a week, two weeks ago. Uh, after all of that, I think it's a massive misstep, and you can mm. you can see it the the hi- the goal highlight videos that we're seeing on social media from tonight's game that I can sit and watch even while I'm talking to you because I'm a great multitasker. Um, there's empty seats. There's a massive number of empty seats in the Vindico Arena, and that's sad because there yeah. shouldn't be the size of that arena. It should be sold out. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think I think I'm in agreement with you. I think whatever the conversation was being had this week on social media in relation to that, I kind of was falling into that kind of side of the conversation, the side of the argument about you know um, that was a poor decision at the end of the day to um, to pay wallet. Um, I do think that, and some people will argue, well, if you want to watch it, then pay to watch it. And I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. But at the end of the well, day, do you know I what? don't. I don't. I don't think. I, I just you know, it's just one of those ones where would I would I be able to? I'm being honest. Um, would I have? Do I have the time this week to sit down and watch every single game the way I would want to? No, I don't. I'm, 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 I'm not saying I'm a busy man, but like I don't. I've got something else going on right now, and I can't. But to have the idea of that I could just come home this evening. Okay, I was a bit late, and I've got the podcast tonight. But if I wasn't in the podcast tonight, it's nice to think that I could have came home a bit late after face off, and I could have just stuck it on at not a problem, and I could just watch wherever I got into. So if it was, if it happened to be the middle of the second period, it was the middle of the second period, and I could just watch that part forward. So yeah, it's a bit disappointing um, that it wasn't put out somewhere that people could easily access it and it was more accessible and people could get their eyes on it and it was promoted that way. Yeah. But and look, the, the way to look at it is you look at the product of the likes of the CHL, the Champions Hockey League. Even through the group stage, even though they changed the format and everything else, they still they hosted 
almost every game on YouTube yeah. for free. Yeah. They region blocked it, so don't get me wrong. If it, if you wanted to get around it and didn't want to attend a game or didn't want to travel to watch your team play, you could just VPN it, which I think the vast majority of people did. But they understand that their product is universal, that people want to watch that, so they make it available. And look, it's not just the GB setup that have this problem. The Elite League has this problem. Uh, hockey in the UK in general has this problem about making the the product available. Uh, I've spoken a couple of times and I've had the same frustration even when it comes to us trying to interact with teams. Um, we seem stuck in this mindset of we have the best kept secret in British sports and we want to keep it that way. Why do we want to keep it that way? It's nonsense to keep it that way. Push it out there. Push the product out there. We constantly see the Elite League talking about how Elite League um, attendances are higher than uh, league football in Northern Ireland, than uh, league football in Scotland, than some national league football in England. That's that's fantastic. Make it bigger. What's stopping yeah. you? Yeah. And sadly, in some certain aspects it's greed it's money it's the the want to pull more money but that's how you have a sport that implodes and becomes the super league well yeah um isn't that true um sticking with international um and this is different type of international um but it was also announced at the um all-star weekend this past weekend that uh before we get to those olympic uh games um later uh, in 2026 the 2025 season in the nhl will see for the first time what they're calling the four nations face-off tournament um, the four nations face-off tournament will see teams from canada finland sweden and the u.s um, face off against each other in an international competition which will span a total of nine days i believe in the middle of the 2025 NHL season so it'll be spanning from February 12th to February the 20th um, which will include two practice days and seven games spanning across the nine day period um, it will mean that the, Connor McDavid won't have to wait until 2026 to represent Team Canada uh, on a professional level now we should say obviously um, McDavid did represent Canada before but that was obviously at the I think it was the Juniors IIHF World Championships or whatever um, in 2018 or, or that sort of thing but this will be his first pro level representation for team canada i believe um but this will happen in 2025 when um those four teams will face off against each other um so that was announced that um as part of obviously that olympic participation that this would also come hand in hand with that in the year previous to that um interesting that uh, this is going to be a, a competition an international competition made up of nhl players for those different teams um in the middle of the nhl season what's your take on that I think it's interesting that it was announced at the same time as a return yeah. to Olympic participation. That it sounds like a a way of preparing the NHL uh, to take that Olympic break again, uh, give the national setups. If you're from one of those four countries, anyway, it gives that national setup the the chance to see what talent is available, um, and that's that's massive. Um, obviously, I think this is being done with a Team USA, Team Canada slant. Um, the reason the other two are there is obviously because they're the biggest two pools of talent into the NHL outside of the US and Canada because otherwise you just have a 
a couple of friendly games between US and Canada, and really, what's the point of that? Um, so by bringing in Finland and Sweden, you actually create something of value. I I think it's nepotistic uh, in its approach. Uh, I, I, like I say, I think it's very clearly geared towards getting not just players, but I think it's actually more geared towards getting fans of the NHL ready for this um, broad international participation by NHL players again. Um, but it, it has a clear slant that the NHL wants to see Team Canada and Team USA be as successful as possible on the international stage. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it was kind of a bit of a, an interesting take, as you say, that um, they announced that this was announcement was, um, was made at the, around about the same time as the Olympic um, announcement. But again, again, and I don't mean to harp back to Conor McDavid, but, because, um, but he was, he seemed to be the, the main focus this past weekend, especially with the all-star competition as well. He seemed to be the kind of the, the focus of a lot of the media attention. Um, coming to the All Star Weekend, um, and I think particularly for this international, these international stories, and about the fact that you know the Olympics is won, and then this competition because it was Conor McDavid um, in the press um, scrum that talked about the fact that uh, that it was a massive opportunity for him, that he had been probably one of the most vocal players in the NHL over the recent years about the fact that the NHL players should be returning to this international stage in order not just to grow the game um, internationally, but also at home, um, and how much it means to him as a player. Um, so I mean, it's 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 great to see, and it will be an interesting take if you think about like you know you'll have the likes of your Conor McDavid um, on 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 a you know center stage with like um, you know facing off against Austin Matthews who'll be playing for the United States. You know you've got um, Sebastian um, Aho from Carolina Hurricanes who'll be representing Finland, um, Elias Patter- um, Patterson from Vancouver Canucks. All these massive players representing these teams, as you say, John. Um, it will be an interesting to think to see just how competitive this competition will be in the middle of that nhl season but it is definitely interesting to take that it will be in the middle of that nhl season that this this competition happens um just before we leave period two um and i just want to stick with the all-star weekend um i know this period has been dominated by the all-star weekend but um i just i want to just make a few comments just about the all-star weekend because i did catch some bits of it over this um over the over the last weekend um um and the main thing to take away was the fact that like i think like a lot of ice hockey fans the all-star weekend for many a year i'm not saying it became a joke but it definitely became a thing where people maybe became less and less invested and less interested in it um and also not just fans but also players i think um there was a it's right in saying that players didn't take it just as serious and the level of players actively um avoiding all-star weekend i think uh already mentioned but i think ovi Ovi yep. was uh, infamous for yep. having gotten injured uh, the weekend before All Star Weekend, and therefore not taking part. Yeah, um, and so this year they made a different. They decided to kind of change it up a bit. So they changed some of the skills competitions. Um, there's a few new bits added on, which was pretty fun. But I think the big thing that they've done this weekend to try and make, for that weekend was to try and make it a bit more competitive. Was they actually put. Um, a $1 million uh, prize fund, like a, a prize pot of money um, to the winning overall winning team of the um, NHL um, competition, so the all-star competition. Do you know what? There's nothing motivates a bunch of millionaires to do their normal paid job than throwing more money at them. I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, well, do you know what? You could say what you want, but uh, it seemed to work because they definitely seemed to be a bit more 
there definitely seemed to be a bit more competition in this week, in this um, this this year's um, All Star. There was competition, unless you're Nikita Kucherov. Did you see his skills competition? Yeah. It was awful. He looked like every player at the Chunder Cup at playoff final weekend in Nottingham. He could not care less. Did you see how many attempts he had at the the accuracy? The, the sort of wrister accuracy. So you had the, the three small nets uh, down on the crease and he was at the blue line, I think, or maybe even inside the zone, uh, chipping pucks. He ran out of pucks. There was runners had to bring, like on ice staff, had to bring him more pucks <laughs> because he was not paying enough attention. The best part of it was, though, he got booed for the limited effort that he showed during that competition. Yeah. And then it carried on through the whole weekend. Yep. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of the rest of the, the the All-Star weekend at all. Anything you tell me about the All-Star weekend is complete news to me because I haven't even researched it, even knowing yep. it was on the running order. But the, what I do know is that he almost became like a pantomime villain. Oh, massively. The All-Star weekend. And massively. I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for a guy turning up being paid to turn up and going, do you know what? What's on the line? Nothing. Who cares? I mean, I'm here I for mean, a good got, time. It got to the stage during the All Star game itself on the Saturday, um, and I, that's the bit that I was watching. Um, and it got to the point where towards the end, obviously, it went to a shootout um, at the end of the game because the game was tied. And even at that point, the booze—I mean, they were raining down. But as you say, properly, proper pantomime villain, like properly egging up the crowd, you know, giving it the whole like kind of like Hulk Hogan kind of style, listening in, kind of getting the crowd to kind of go behind him and start booing. I mean, if he was playing a a heel, if you will, if you're a wrestler, um, he done it really well. Um, and uh, do you know what? Uh, I don't know if that was this whole thing, but yeah, as you say, parts of it were just like skating even slower than normal um, during the skills competition. There's bits and pieces there, but uh, overall, I think as a as a weekend, Barry, we think- have a goal. We have a goal, and this is that. That's the wrong comment. <laughs> <laughs> we have a goal. Swindon have scored and have tied up their match with Milton Keynes. It is 6-6 on aggregate with Glenn Billing tying things up there in the third period in the 47th minute. Thank you very much for that update. Um, just as I was finishing anytime, there, anytime. with this, this fin- just finishing off with this story before we move on. I mean, I think in general, from from a point of view of fans' point of view, I think definitely this this year was a, a bit of a breath of fresh air. Um, both from skill point of view as well as the games themselves because as I said and you made a joke about it but having something that they were wanting to play for um, now I can't remember if the one million dollar prize fund was actually like a charity donation then I think that I read somewhere that the players then made the decision around where the money was going to be divided into in terms of um, donations to charity I don't think it was going directly into their pockets i think there was definitely something there because i think i heard something about um austin matthews was talking about the fact that you know um it was it was his team that took the win in the end um team matthews won and i think he talked about how the the team would be dividing it up um and part of his share was going to i think it was a toronto children's foundation or something anyway so i think it was probably a a charitable fund rather than actually get in their pocket type thing um and if that's the case then fair play and i and i like that um can we can we talk about the one major uh, L that sure. came out of uh, the entire All Star weekend? Was just how much FaceTime uh, with the hockey community Justin Bieber got again. That coat, 
that coat was something that coat on the bench was absolutely horrendous but sure you don't expect anything better of anyone who walks over the logo in a locker room and somehow gets forgiven for it I mean he was on the ice plan as well at one point so um, yeah he got a lot of do you know what the fact that nobody took the chance to check him into the boards like they all just went down in my estimation (laughs) Um, that's it that's that's all I have for period two John I I think we've covered everything is there anything else you want to add before we move on I don't think so. Um, I think we're we're ready to move on to period three. Period three then is our general knocky news. Knocky news is for anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into period one or period two or generally just when periods one and two are too busy and we just throw stuff into period three as well. Generally, it tends to become the uh, the Jersey period. Uh, let's be totally honest. Uh, and this uh, podcast around is absolutely no different. Uh, hey, Martin, what a surprise! One, we do have one like actual story. Um, and I want to come to you first because we'll we'll do this. We'll go into the jerseys, and then we do actually uh, for the first time in quite a number of weeks. We have a 14 with 14 that we'll introduce slightly later on as well. But we've announced it on social media, so everyone knows it's uh, or it's Jordan Kelso. But let's come to your story first um, yeah. about uh, some confidence building for visually impaired players. Yes. So um, something probably some people don't know um, is that I work for uh, a charity organization that works alongside um, people who are blind and partially sighted or visually impaired. Um, so a lot of the stories, so this story came by me because I think it was one of those ones where in the job that I work in, people know that I'm a hockey fan and therefore someone in work was all like, Martin will like this story. Let's send it to him. Um, so the, I was sent the story, um, of, um, the, this visually impaired, uh, hockey, the hockey world, um, based over in the United States, um, where their, the growth of visually impaired hockey has increased over the last number of years. Um, for anybody who doesn't know visually impaired athletes, um, similar to a normal game of hockey, um, are on the ice rink. However, the difference is that they will be using uh, metal sticks, um, which sounds dangerous, um, instead of the normal um, kind of carbon fiber kind of stick that they're used to doing. Mainly, mainly because then obviously the metal stick when tapped off the ice will create more sound, um, therefore can kind of then audibly tell people when to pass, where to pass to. Um, and what they do tend to do is these teams are made up of both visually impaired players, but as well as that, they'll have some players who will have some form of useful vision that will allow them, will kind of maybe then have to kind of maybe blindfolded or in some instances have players who will help control the game by kind of explaining where maybe other players are. So there's a lot to it. But at the end of the day, this is kind of something that's growing um, and it's played um, predominantly um, in the United States. There is some parts of it here in the UK, obviously, as expected, not as big um, here in the UK. It's only maybe some small little aspects and little small pockets of it happening. Um, after the story came through, I did ask one of my uh, one of my colleagues who works kind of in the community part of our of our of our organization, if it's something she thought they could maybe create. And she's like, well, do you want to come along and help out with that? And I was like, interesting uh anyway back to the story um in the united states it is massive it's a big uh, confidence building program that's going on there massive transition for people who maybe have played hockey as juniors and then maybe have lost their sight in later in life and then going to it but you also have players who have started the game um having known absolutely nothing about the world of hockey um 
it's a fascinating story um, there's a couple of different videos out there which I'll try and link to for anybody to see um, but they, it has been growing since around about 2016 one of the original members was the what was called Washington Blind Hockey Club um, but you also have other teams out there which um, I, I think some of the names are quite um, apt for, for what they've been what they decided to choose for their names we also have the Hartford Brillers which clearly is a is a great name um and we also have the main blind bears uh, which is also another great name um the concept for uh blind hockey was initiated as early as the 1970s um, but it wasn't until about 2014 2015 where the sport said it came to the usa and kind of has got a bit bigger and it's kind of maybe grown as well um in, in represent in, reputa- in reputation over the last number of years but yeah um it's just a quick story and i just wanted to kind of highlight it and i'll maybe just throw it up as a little link um for anybody who might be interested yeah absolutely and i've thrown up a comment here from anthony as well again absolute font that he is um uh ice hockey oh, wow. blind ice hockey uk with free taster sessions uh, Saturday the 24th of February so not long to go a couple of weeks uh, and that's at Sapphire Ice and Leisure if you're in the, the Romford area of London so if it's of interest to you or you know anyone who it will be of interest to uh, push that push that to them and, and let them have a, an opportunity to play a bit of blind ice hockey uh, um, and I will Marty, I, I, I'm, and Anthony I'm going to share I'm going to share that to you actually with um with my work colleagues as well um especially the ones down in and around um that area um so yes thank you very much i'll pass that on morty we have goals to talk about goals to talk about um anthony has been good enough to throw this up here and i did see it while you were talking but i didn't want to uh, interrupt you while you were talking about that last story uh we have an eighth goal for gb rob dowd uh, has added a, a an eighth However, China have responded. Finally, they have responded uh, through Zhao has managed to put China on the board. Uh, they have got something like 16 minutes to rescue this game. Uh, I wonder, can they do it? We we sit on tender hooks uh, and hope that this game ends before the end of the podcast so that we can bring a final result to you. Um, Marty, that brings us on then. The, the next part of uh, what we're going to talk about is what we love talking about in Noki News. We are going to talk all about jerseys. So, I think, are you, are you steering the ship on this one? Are you going to throw this stuff up on the screen? Here there we go. There you go. It's February, everyone. It is the month of Valentine's. Next weekend, uh, or, well, there's some for this weekend coming and some for next week, the middle of next week. Valentine's Day, obviously, is Wednesday, the 14th of February. Um, and we have some lovely specialist jerseys. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna chat to you after we've gone through these, Marty, about uh, sort of special jerseys and one-offs, because there's been quite a lot of conversation about this mm-hmm. uh, over the last uh, week or so online, it's from, from one fan base in particular. But let's have a look at what uh, has been released. First one is the Nottingham Panthers. They have released this uh, Valentine's jersey, pink, sticking to the traditional pinks, whites, and throwing it on a black jersey. Um, now, as opposed to the Pride jerseys, I, I'm, I'm here for the black jersey uh, with the sort of colour shock of pink. What's your thoughts on this jersey for a start? I'm just going to just, I'm, I'm just going to like preface this um part of the se- this segment of jerseys this year this this um podcast by just saying i just don't like 
Valentine's jerseys at all. I don't care what they look like. I hate them all. I just think they're so like, yeah. I, don't, I just don't like them. I, Why I don't. do you live your life with no love? <laughs> um, because I have never and will never um, celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, me and my wife have never celebrated Valentine's Day in the, the 16 years we've been together. Um, yeah, it's just not something we do. And I just don't see the point in Valentine's cold, Day. Because you've got, cold, no, John, because you can, man. No, no, John, because you can declare your love for the person that you love every single day, not just one day per year. You're absolutely right. I love Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? It's fine. Um, the wings. Do you, do you know what? what? I'm just Mark I'm seeing Mark's comment right. oh here. God, You're a hundred percent right, Mark. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Bret Hart yeah. vibes from this jersey. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's exactly it. And, uh, that is spot on. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there from a Panthers fan uh, to get the last word on that because do you know what? He's 100% right. And uh, Mark, I'll, I'll move it on to the next one. Five Flyers. Five Flyers coming out with, and I've said this on social media already, this is another killer jersey. Oh, but would I, would I, would I know that, that that is supposed to represent Valentine's Day? It's pink. Yeah, but... Do you know what? leave aside that it's for valentines leave aside that it's for valentines we we know what the five colors are we know that it's the the blue the white the the gold in the logo i just the the general graphic design of this jersey i absolutely love it it shouldn't work but it works it's tidy, but again, like, you know, as I said, um, as I prefaced this, I'm not a fan of Valentine's jerseys, but if you're going to Valentine's a val- if you're gonna Valentine's a jersey, like, throw on disgusting hearts and <laughs> just throw on, like, just really just, like, cupids, whatever it might be, this does no, not... Do you know, this, no, do you know what it is? say Valentine's I'm, I'm, in any way. I'm the exact opposite. See all the... See when you end up with what I'm sure will be a, a very well put together Glasgow Valentine's design <laughs> that they absolutely won't have stolen from some online store uh, from another designer. But those jerseys get too much for me. When someone actually puts a bit of thought and design and I don't know, just tries to do something simple, I think that's when jerseys work. And mm. this one works for me in a way that the Panthers one didn't. In a way that a lot of one-off jerseys this season, especially, yeah. just haven't worked for me. I would, um, Panther, I, I would go for Panthers over this one easily. Absolutely not. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, moving on, the Manchester Storm. So this, to me, this is right up your street, Marty. This is exactly what you were talking about. There's your pink glove hearts. There's mm-hmm. your insane graphics going on yeah. in the background. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All of it on top of Lightning Jack. Yeah. It, I, I hate yeah. this. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely I, hate this. I can clearly tell what that is. I can clearly tell what they're trying to do with that jersey and what it's trying to represent. So therefore, it technically, it's they're, they're on the right track. Yeah. Technically, it's horrendous. But I, I, there's I, no... I, my point is that there's no originality with it. All they've done is change a couple of colours inside their logo. They haven't done anything original with the logo. But what? what's the like make make the eyes make the eyes hearts. I don't know. I if like you're the little, do it all that. I like the little ghosted like heart there at the background in the background. You can see where it's the big you know like I don't, 
it's very hard to describe it, but you know, it's like a, a big, massive, like heart in like dark black or dark dark red, just behind the the logo. Oh, I, g- I agree with Kevin. It's awful because um, all they all. But uh, I definitely, I, I could see what I could see that it's Valentine's. I can see what they're going for. Yeah, it's gr- it's grim. It's grim. It's it's worse than Nottingham's for me. It, it's bottom of the pile so far. Bottom of the pile. Uh, let's see what we've got next. Right. Sorry. How does this blue monstrosity say anything about Valentine's? It's got hard. The Coventry Blaze have come out with this. They've stuck to their colours and they've just... Somehow it looks like their Dragon Scorch logo is drowning in a sea of blue hearts. I don't understand this jersey at all. When you first picked this up, I thought it was bubbles. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, miss, I didn't see the heart straight away. I thought, I genuinely thought it was bubbles. I was looking at. Um, yeah, when I was I searching, when I, I was know. searching for jerseys that were for Valentine's for this year, I honestly thought that this was posted in error. Mm. It, it, what part of that yeah. is Valentine's? Well, hearts, you know. Give them that. Oh but come yeah. on! No, I agree. No, yeah. It's brutal. It's. Do you know what? It's the worst one so far. Okay. It's just. It's just brutal. It's just brutal. Yeah. Right. Um, we we have another couple, and we're stepping down to the NIHL this time. We are gonna have a look at the MK Lightning. So, Marty, thoughts on this one? Does it tick the boxes for you? Well, it ticks the box in that I know straight away that it's for Valentine's Day. Um, the weird design at the bottom of it, though, um, I don't know. I don't know. That bottom part of it, I'm just kind of like, that weird hex kind of thing. I'm kind of like, is it, is it supposed to be like ring ropes for, again, a, a, a like a boxing ring or like a wrestling ring? Or is it someone, you, does, someone, you know does, someone take, does someone take an Irish dancing costume and take a little design off the bottom of an Irish dancing costume and stick it on a jersey? Because it's a bit weird, but yeah, I can... Do, yeah, you, know what I, do you know what I think? Do you know what I think <laughs> they've tried to do with this? Is I think they've tried to go that middle of the road between what you want to see from a jersey and what I want to see from a jersey. So it's that combination of the simple graphic design that can come together and make something look really nice and really appealing. That's what they've tried to do with the bottom. They've added in a very simple, mind you, gaudy heart around their logo. But again, I think where it falls down is they haven't done anything original with the logo. They've just got the, the lightning bolt there. Why don't I just? Why do I never just zoom in rather than just me going closer to the screen? Um, sorry, kind of, kind of say like, yeah, yeah, Anthony, like, how, where, where are you seeing bolts of like, like, how are they bolts of lightning? I'm. Like, it's on the on the sides, on the sides where it goes, it, like the zigzags. Okay. I need to get my eyes tested. <clears throat> he says, helping people recover from sight loss. Um. So, that's MKs. Then, I think this is the last one that we're going to have a look at. Solway. Now, I'll be the first to say it. Solway have had some absolute cracker jerseys this season. They have done a lot of things incredibly well. This is not one of them. 
And Marty, quick update. We have a tie after regulation. It is 6-6 six, six on aggregate, and they are going to overtime in the Thunderdome. Just what I needed. Just what I needed. Thank you so much. Um, do, you, do you feel that this jersey, the biggest blasphemous part of this jersey is the fact that it looks like the Scottish solitaire there is in pink and white uh, instead of the traditional blue? Um, I have absolutely no problem with uh, solitaire being in pink. I have... Uh, pink Scotland rugby shirt from a couple of seasons ago um, which did exactly the same thing uh, absolutely love it my biggest problem with this is it's the lack of originality it's mm. the nothing's different nothing is special about it all they've done is change the colourway of it that's all they've done they've just made their jersey pink sure pink and that it's doesn't fun. that doesn't fit the bill for me yeah, no, I would agree. Um, I would say that more shouts to me as a uh, charity cancer awareness, breast cancer yep. awareness night jersey than it does a Valentine's Day jersey. You're 100% right. It's It's got the... Now, I, w- I will say that for anyone who's listening rather than watching, they have put some designs up on the shoulders. Um, and as I'm saying that, Anthony's just pointing it out to us as well. But it's not enough. Uh, it, it doesn't do enough enough. I am more of a fan when teams do something original with their logo than than this. So why... Now, admittedly, maybe the imagery would be a bit weird, but rather than biting a puck, maybe why isn't the shark biting a heart? Now, it might be that that's better for like the opposite of Valentine's Day, uh, where a shark is eating somebody's heart. That might be a bit weird. But do something do something different with it. It, it just seems too simple. Not Not enough. Not enough effort. Thank you very much, Solway. Um, generally, is that the last one? Yeah, yeah, it is. That um, is the last one. Generally, you know, obviously, as you, you kind of said, John, I mean, obviously Valentine's jerseys, we're used to, we see them every single year. Um, Belfast Giants this past weekend, um, I think maybe caused a bit of a conversation online to happen around these um, special edition one-off jerseys. Um, obviously, the Belfast Giants doing two charity jerseys this past weekend here in Belfast in the SSA arena. Um, obviously we know we talked about it um, on our last podcast. They had the Chinese new year celebrations in conjunction with the Chinese association in Northern Ireland um, and raising f- funds for them. Um, and on the first night, I think was the Friday night, Friday and Saturday, wasn't it? Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, on the first night, then they had the, uh, it was a, another charity night on the, the night before. And again, all jerseys were being put up for, um, um, shove back and all proceeds were going to um, again another charity fund um, it did start a bit of a conversation about whether or not one-off jerseys were becoming a bit too commonplace uh, in the Elite League um, it also started a conversation about the fact that the Belfast Giants were pretty open and honest and very clear about where their money goes when it comes to these types of jerseys. So pride jerseys obviously started the conversation. Where did the money go for the pride jerseys? Belfast Giants stated it was going to Rainbow Project here in Northern Ireland. Um, and same game with these past this past weekend, those two jerseys this past weekend and all proceeds have gone to there. It did start a bit of a conversation for some other teams about, you know, their, do they or why have they not kind of maybe been more vocal about where their money was going in relation to the money that they brought in. It stated that money has been donated um 
you know, do you think it's a rel? A rel- I suppose, do you think that's a good enough um, conversation? Is that a conversation that should be had? Is it something that should be more, most teams or all teams should be more open and honest about and more transparent about where the money's going? Absolutely. I'm going to come back and answer your question properly, but we've had a goal and we've had a, a game-winning goal. Uh, and it's Disco Liam Stewart with the overtime winner for Milton Keynes, who have booked their place in the National Division Cup final against the Hull Seahawks. Congratulations to MK. Uh, yeah. The, the jersey conversation, I, I understand it. Uh, I do, and this is the... I, I am a big fan of the one-off jerseys, but I'm a fan of them with purpose. Um, where I can be confident in that purpose. That gets diluted by having one every week. And it dilute, And some of the conversation that I've, I've heard about this, I totally understand. It dilutes the the identity of the team. So... Someone at the start of the season loves the the home jersey, loves the away jersey, whatever. They 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 pony up their money for it. They pay the team, and they they walk away with a a jersey that represents their team for that season. Then when they see every every week or every other week a one off jersey, uh, that everyone rightly so will will put their hand in their pocket and will um, pay for shirt off the back tickets or will will bid for jerseys, uh, will bid on auctions, will we'll buy them at a set price, whatever it is. That can get frustrating. And I, I totally understand that frustration because I am one of the people who who understands that. I, I would prefer to see a solid identity built with the, the uniform. The uniform's a big, important part of sports. What I'm not saying at all is don't do them. Um, and what I'm not saying is let's end up in a position like the NHL where they say they'll produce them but they never actually wear them or they only wear them in warm-ups in fact I know I think we're in the position now they don't even wear them for warm-ups um, that's not where we want to be we, we've been quite outspoken and I've been quite outspoken on the podcast about the fact that I believe that showing inclusivity through the uniforms is massively important where we've seen it for things like Pride Night I'm incredibly proud to have my own pride jersey for the Belfast Giants. Um, things like Indigenous Knights in the NHL, I think those are incredibly important. But it has to come with balance. And I totally understand the frustration that some fans have had uh, across different teams and different leagues uh, about this. And I, I think that there is a balance that needs to be struck. And it's an incredibly difficult balance mm. to find. Um, and I think it's meriting of conversation um and that's a conversation that will continue no doubt because we are in early february and we will even after valentine's we will not have seen the end of the the one-off themed or charity jerseys there will be more to come there will be the absolute pandemonium that comes with the playoff jerseys uh still to to happen later on this season um so yeah it's a bigger conversation murray Another point, we have another goal in the GB China game. This time, Ben Davies uh, has put notch number nine on the board for GB with assists from Liam Kirk and Sam Jones. 
Great job. Um, that's it then. Um, I don't think there's any other stories for this period, is there, John? Nope. No, we have nothing else. So we will move nicely on to uh, chat to Jordan Kelsall, who was very uh, giving of his time. And I want to say very much uh, thank you to the Nottingham Panthers organisation as well, who were very free with their time as well. And uh, settled back in for uh, about, I think it's about 14, 15 minutes, as uh, Jordan Kelsall joins us on 14 with 14. Pleased to be joined on another edition of 14 with 14 by young Nottingham native Jordan Kelsall. Jordan's a two-time Under-18 England champion, a two-time NIHL Cup champion, a two-time World Junior Championship Under-20s bronze medalist, and an EIHL Series champion. Currently playing for his hometown team uh, in the Panthers and wearing number 14, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Kelsall. Jordan, thanks for agreeing to have a chat with me. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. So, Jordan, the idea of 14 with 14 is that we get an idea of who players are both on and off the ice. So it's not the usual interview. There will be a few questions that you're probably not being briefed for, um, but uh, they're all just about you. It's to get an idea about who you are uh, both on and off the ice. So if you're okay with that, uh, I've got a first sort of icebreaker question. It's one of these horrible like team-building questions that you get asked at uh, these events. What's your go-to coffee order? Uh, black Americano. Oh, I, would man, love man. A, I would love like a latte or something, but milk just isn't the one for me, so Black Americano it is. I'm in the same boat as you, Dairy. Dairy's not my thing either. Yeah. Um, so looking at hockey then, Jordan, how did you get started in the game? How did you, how did you get your start in hockey? Um, I first started here at the National Ice Centre when um, my mum and dad brought me down for like a parent and toddler little skate. So I used to come skating when I was really young and they would like throw toys on the ice and stuff that you could play with and just kind of like to get you out there and um, kind of did that, progressed a little bit, was obviously enjoying it. Um, and then my parents had season tickets with the with the Panthers. So I would kind of come along with them and watch the team. And then um, when I was about four, I tried ice hockey um, and as kind of as I continued and, and continued to play um, kind of asked them like could I do it you know like properly you know really try and um, yeah just obviously always in love with the game so um, from starting really young I've kind of just you know it's continued from there really. That's good to know my daughter's uh, 19 months so she's getting about ready to take her first yeah. steps on the ice um, guaranteed she'll be better than me straight away anyway so uh-huh. uh, it's good to know that's where the, the start is. Um, so, looking at the number 14, obviously, podcast is door 14. Um, so, we like to ask the, the number 14s, why 14? Uh, does it hold any special significance for you? Um, I used to wear 14 when I was playing for the Nottingham Junior System here. Um, just kind of, out, it was quite random. Um, I always used to wear it. Um, and when I moved away and played for other teams, 14 was retired, so I could never really wear it. Um, and Dan Swindon, it was retired. Um, so when I had the opportunity to come back, when I was in Swindon, I wore 22, and 22 is retired here by Paul Lady. So I kind, of, I kind of was like a oh, perfect time to put back on what I used to wear here and, and wore 14 again. So yeah, when I was a junior, I wore it. Um, so that was kind of why. Was that a number that was just handed to you, or yeah, did yeah, you? just handed to me like completely random um, and it kind of stuck so yeah I like cool it. cool so 
looking away from the game, if you want to switch off uh, from what's going on on the ice, what's your favourite movie or TV show to binge watch or the one that you'll watch over and over again just to have that noise in the background? Yeah, um, recently I would say The Traitors, but... Um, Don't spoil anything. I'm, I I'm, I'm, still haven't seen the last two. I'm midway through season two, but if I was to binge watch something, um, we often just put friends on. Um, but yeah, right now The Traitors, so... Yeah. Nice. Um, so you kind of mentioned about um, your parents bringing you down to the NIC and everything. Um, so it, it may be the same answer here, but I'm going to ask who or what do you think has been the biggest influence on your hockey career so far? Yeah, it was definitely my parents. Um, my parents never played, um, just watched. So um, the support that they've given me, you know, my entire kind of career to keep you know pushing me forward and also like the sacrifice that they've made for me um, to, you know, play the sport I love now professionally. Um, I've kind of always looked up to them and, and my dad, he was sporting in cricket and football, um, so I can't play football at all. I tried cricket a little bit, but hockey just stuck for me um, and kind of them always pushing me along and being supportive really, like, really helped. So I would say my parents. Good. It's a, a, con a consistent thread, I think, throughout a lot of these interviews that I've done that... Uh, the parents seem to be the, the thing that a lot of players hold up there as being uh, the biggest influence they've had. So, Jordan, let's put you in the locker room uh, pre-game. Uh, you've been handed the, the aux cord. Well, old school, maybe the aux cord. Now it's the, uh, you've signed in the Bluetooth on the speakers. Yeah. What are you playing to hype up the guys? Um, to hype up the guys? I'm not sure. Kind of like, uh, kind of like pop music, kind of like, you know, the radio hits and stuff like that um maybe with a little remix to kind of like fire the guys up a little bit but um it's usually not me if i'm honest usually <laughs> the guys have the i don't really want that responsibility so it's fine <laughs> if the other guys have it but yeah some kind of like pop remix or something like that yeah you don't you don't want that sleeper uh sort of little ballad that's sneaking around in your playlist to play over the locker room <laughs> no, yeah no <laughs> No, no, uh, no mishaps if I just don't do it. So uh, we're good. Yeah, uh, good. Um, so, John, I rattled off a couple of the successes that you've had so far in your career, uh, right at the very start there. But to your uh, mind, what's been the highlight moment of your career so far? Um, I would say representing Great Britain for sure. Um, we in the you know under 18s World Championships and under 20 World Championships when we was in uh, Estonia winning you know a medal. Um, has always been kind of you know a, a big highlight for me you know in that situation we weren't fighting for a gold medal or you know getting silver if we lost it was actually playing for a bronze medal which weirdly was you know more kind of more competitive in, in that one game situation and to be able to win a medal um was awesome um and then unfortunately when we we hosted the world championships we lost out on gold but you know being in those games and Playing for Great Britain is always something I dreamed of, so being able to do that um, was definitely a highlight. And then, I guess domestically, like playing in the Champions Hockey League was pretty cool. Um, my first year here, um, and then the Continental Cup, you know, we lost in the final. So um, there's been some pretty good, you know, highlights. Not always, uh, you know, lifted the trophy, but um, just accomplishing those things has been pretty cool along the way, to be honest. It's amazing. It's a lot of uh, incredible experiences for uh, a young guy, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, you're a good few years now into your pro career, having come through, as you mentioned, the Nottingham uh, and the Swindon junior programmes. 
Um, you've made it into top tier uh, in the country, having spent time in the NIHL as well. Mm. Development is always top of people's agendas now uh, when they're talking about young guys like yourself coming through um, and you mentioned about representing GB and the the role of the leagues uh, in the country and developing that next uh, GB talent um, is it a difficult decision these days for young guys like yourselves when looking at the, the league that you want to play in? Obviously Elite League uh, has its uh, fairly steep import number you drop down into the league below you're almost guaranteed ice time is it a difficult decision now or when the elite league comes knocking is it an easy one um i suppose it's difficult now you know with the with the blend of the imports and the brits in, in our league um i think for me it's about what role you're going to have in each situation and kind of figuring out what you want to get from each one right so like you know, if you want to be, you know, a power play player and, and you know, playing a significant amount of minutes, then maybe you need to look at something else versus, you know, maybe going to a bigger team here just with the nature of how the how the imports are. But um, yeah, I think it's just about weighing up what you what you personally need for your game to maximize, you know, your development and what you're looking to do. Um, and having said that, you know, I also don't think going necessarily down a league is always the best option. I think if you can play at the highest possible level you can, you always should do. And, you know, I've always aspired to play as high as I can and I still do. Um, and I think if an opportunity comes, you know, you always have to look at them. And, um, yeah, I th I, that's my kind of take on it and that's how I approach it and um, just trying to be the best I can be and play as high a level as I can, really. So um, that's kind of how I've looked at it. That's a great outlook. So, as one of the young lads in the room uh, this year, let's say a coach asks you to organise a team day, and I know you said you don't even like to take the ox cord in the locker room, but let's let's say you've been asked, you're doing the team day, um, what would you take the lads to do? A team, so like a team day out or something? Yeah. Okay. My kind of like ideal team day out, if it's in the summer, would like, say we start the season, would be like, uh, I don't know, go watch some like cricket or football or something and maybe go out for, for dinner after. And then kind of like we have um, a few places in town here, like Roxy's and stuff where you can go play games like snooker and pool and kind of like ping pong, shuffleboard and all that. So that would kind of be my go-to just to like, you know, bring the guys together a little bit, have some fun and um, yeah, mix it with a bit of sport maybe too. Very good. I think you're the first guy who's not said golf at the very start, so uh, I'm, I'm yeah. with you on that yeah. one. Yeah, I do like playing golf, but sometimes you know, five or four or five hours is too much. So. Yeah. Um, so you you talked about the, the aspiration of playing at the highest level uh, as well. My next question kind of comes back to, to that a little bit. Is, do you have any major aspirations as far as your hockey career is concerned? Do you have a a picture in your head of an I made it moment uh, that you'd love to, to hold on to uh, through the rest of your life once you're finished playing yeah um, I think it's tough to say like truly like you ever make it you know like those are the competition so high like it's it's really difficult to not only get a place but keep it and, and push on so um, I really want to make the, the Great Britain national team you know having played the under 18s and under 20s you know that's something that I really want to do um, but to do that, you know, I have to continue to develop and get better and, you know, play at a higher level here in, in our own league to 
warrant a place there, you know, because that team's so good right now, you know, very successful back in the top division. So to break into that kind of mould is, is going to be a big feat. But um, that's some that's the main goal that I have that I'm really focusing on. And um, to do that, it's just about playing as well as I can for Nottingham and, and having success here. And I think that should lead to that. So um, not really a, a made it moment in mind, but that's definitely something that I'm looking to do. Not so much the, the big one, but the next one. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Not, yeah. Better way of putting so, that. <laughs> so, away from the game then, how do you switch off, Jordan? How do you how do you put hockey to one side? Have you got any other interests away from the game? Yeah, so I just graduated university. So, um, big interest of mine is kind of like uh, finance and investing and, and that side of it. So, um, I write a blog every week, so I'm trying to like build that up at the moment. It's been very time consuming. Um, plug so, it, plug it, go for it, plug it. Uh, yeah, no, it's not really for, uh, I don't want to spread it like too far. I'm just trying to, you know, develop a process away from the rink where, you know, maybe like a little business idea or something. So, um, yeah, finance is a big one, but to kind of switch off completely, um, I guess just spending time with like family and friends and stuff and, um, yeah, that's something that I really enjoy. So, not much time off. Okay, so, you have to chill out when you can. Yeah. Um, what does pre-game look like for you then? Uh, let's say, for example, at a home game uh, in Nottingham. Uh, we know that a lot of hockey players are a superstitious bunch. Um, so, have you got any rituals that you, you like to stick to on a, a game day? Um, I usually arrive like two hours, two and a half hours before face-off. Um just so I have enough time to like prepare everything, my, my sticks and my equipment and stuff. Um, and then not not really like rituals before a game. I enjoy, I, I play two-touch every, like football before every game, um, well, for every warm-up and uh, get my own warm-up in. But I'm not like extremely superstitious. I just try to relax and, and get ready for the game. So I would say just arrive in like quite early and then, uh, yeah, get ready. It's pretty nice. Good. Um, I've been asking everyone that I've been interviewing uh, then if you have an NHL team uh, that you follow you can see over my shoulder for my sins I'm a, a Nashville Predators fan um, but uh, do you have one that you follow or that you grew up following? Yeah I follow the Rangers um, so funny story my first NHL game was um, Rangers against the Islanders um, we went on a trip to New York and my dad follows the Devils so there's always that like little rivalry because um, he loved Brodeur so we have that little rivalry together but yeah the Rangers is my team uh, and the million dollar question then Rangers for the cup this year oh I'd love to see it but you just never know they seem to they seem to struggle in the playoffs in that side of the conference so we'll join, join, join the club join the club here with yeah. these guys um, last question then Jordan and this is one I've asked everyone at the, the end of these interviews is if you could go back and I know for, for you it's not that far back but if you could go and give 10 year old you uh, one piece of advice what would it be? If you find something that you really enjoy just stick with it because it's so difficult when you grow up to really find you know, say a job or whatever like that you really really truly enjoy and love so if that's sport, if that's a specific industry, job, just go with it and just give it your all because you never know if you don't try. So, um, you know, I'm so fortunate that 
you know, I love hockey and I get to play it for a living, but um, whatever it may be, just give it your all and give 100% because, you know, that's all anyone can ask from you. So that's what I would say. Um, but, you know, there's so many, I say, 10 year old kids, so many young kids playing hockey now and, and doing that. So the future's bright, I think. Wise words on young shoulders there. Jordan, massive thank you very much for giving up your time to chat with us and giving insight into you both on and off the ice and good luck for the rest of the season with Panthers yeah thanks for having me on really appreciate it cheers cheers mate uh, thank you so much to uh, Jordan um, for taking the time to have a chat with uh, John um, it really does um, it does, we really do appreciate the time that all the players give and the teams as well for um, helping us kind of uh, reach out to the, the players and, and getting those chances to interview them um, John um, seemed like a really nice guy as well to have a chat with. Genuinely, really nice young guy. Um, like you said, massive thanks to him for uh, giving up his time. Not only was he just after training, the, the poor guy was in the middle of a house move as well. So to, to give me sort of the 15-20 minutes that he did, uh, he didn't have to do it. None of the players have to do it, and we're incredibly grateful for the ones that do. Uh, and for the teams that do engage and I've got to give a massive shout out here to Chris Ellis as well from the, the Panthers organisation uh, as well he could not have been more helpful um, and had a, a really nice sort of five ten minute chat with Chris but before we got Jordan on as well and massive thanks uh, for what they've done for us uh, this week on the podcast as well but yeah genuinely really nice guy um, I haven't met a bad guy yet doing 14 with 14 um, wouldn't think the, so the guys that we've spoken to all fantastic can't understand why more teams don't want me chatting to their players oh well it's you know we'll get as well, we'll get what we can um, and we'll appreciate what we do get and you know maybe maybe in the future maybe in the future seasons maybe some maybe they'll they'll key if and kind of like okay let's 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 let John talk to someone um they'll, they'll realize uh, yeah. just how good good I am and how good I can be for their brand wow. Marty, before I'm... you go any further because I know what you're gonna try and I know what you're gonna try and do you're gonna try and wrap things up here but we have final news from the GB China game and that is that Nathaniel Halpert, during our interview with Jordan Kelsall, added the 10th marker. Uh, and that game has now concluded. The game oh, finishes 10-1 to GB against China. The, the next games for GB, might as well plug it uh, while we're here. Uh, they'll play Serbia on the 10th and then they'll play Romania on the 11th. Now, Romania and Serbia played earlier today with Romania taking a 4-0 win. Uh, so clearly, Romania are the team to beat here in this situation, but they still have to get through Serbia first with uh, hopes of making it through to the Olympic Games. Um, and by the time it comes to our next episode, we will know how this these games all panned out. Um, and with that, we will close off this week's episode. Um, as usual, you can get involved. You can listen to our previous podcasts on door14hockey.com. You can also check them out on um, your usual podcast providers of choice. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment. We really do appreciate it. Um, John, this is where you can plug the YouTube channel. You can find us at Door14Hockey on YouTube, uh, where you'll find all the video episodes. You will also find uh, a wonderful little um, section that we've put together for the 14 with 14 interviews as well. 
guys don't forget to hit the subscribe button the little bell thing is down here somewhere as well um you can obviously uh get involved with us um send us your questions your stories interact with us we love hearing from you all um send us those through our face our social media channels uh facebook twitter instagram and also john's odd tiktoks um and i don't mean odd isn't like they're odd i mean like the odd time you put a tiktok up um yeah i'll, be, I'll uh, be honest look i was sick last week and that's why there weren't more last week okay i'm the only person who does no, no, that's um, not the, what i meant TikTok. That, that, no 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 i just meant that the last tiktok i watched was odd that's that's genuinely what i mean it was, which, it was, which, i watched which, which i watched it and i went what anyway we'll, we'll talk about it all far uh but you can check out all of our social media channels at door 14 hockey um we really do appreciate it when you do interact with us and have a chat so please do reach out um we do love hearing from you um and that's it for this week reach out reach out we should be back uh in two weeks time um who will have on the podcast we don't know so it'll be a surprise uh even to me um but uh in the meantime uh, we will sign off for this week i'm marty i'm john have a great week <laughs>